Well, hi, you guys. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And um, hopefully some of you are coming over from Facebook because, as you guys know, um, I was a naughty, naughty, naughty boy and posted that vulgar picture <laughs> of Hunter B. Um, and so now we will be sharing this over on Facebook, but we're going to do our interviews here on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Instagram, and my website, rickdancer.com. So you can comment on there if you want. Uh, that is fine. So let's get our sponsors going here. Uh, Chris Dental Family Dentistry, uh, where your freedom and your de dental care are both super important to him. And uh, he's very protective of both. If you're looking for a new dentist and you like a dentist who believes in freedom and also speaking up, he's the guy who took out the billboards on backing the blue in Springfield. And we got a lot of ration of crap for that. And uh, it, he's a brave man. So if you want to go to somebody that has the same kind of beliefs you do, that, that, that's the guy to go to. And our other sponsor tonight is JDEV Investments. And you guys got to show you really fast. They've got this. They took this um, old moat. It was in a, a Super 8 motel and they renovated it. And now they're renting 22 uh, furnished or not furnished apartments, but little apartments with kitchens in them. Um, they are looking for people to rent these. These are houses that they don't qualify as affordable, but they are affordable housing. There's all these rules you have to go through to get an affordable house. So um, if you want the number, I'm going to give that to you. This is how you get a hold of them. Uh, there's a, I put it in the comment section. That's the folks that you contact to find out more about renting the house. Okay, so I'm excited and a little nervous to have this next conversation. Um, Ann Vandersteel, she's got her own show. She's uh, part of the Freedom Foundation, um, but she's also an expert on what it means to become a national. And what's funny about this is when I first moved to Montana, talking to a guy at the gym, he brings this up about being a national. And I was like, what? So I started looking into it. Then I have a really good friend back in Oregon, and he has already successfully done the whole process. And so I thought, you know, Let's just talk about this and see more about what it's about. So, Ann, I'm going to bring you on. There you are. Uh, you had a day on the slopes and you just ran in and got on camera for me. And I do appreciate that. Yeah. All good. I'm, it's called a workcation. I'm working <laughs> and I work during the morning from like three till noon. And then I'll ski from one until four. And then I go back to work. So here we are. Well, there you go. So tell me about you, like kind of give, give a little, you know, resume so people kind of know who you are. So we're setting you up here. Sure. Well, presently I'm the uh, president and co-chair of the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, Dr. Zelenko's legacy. He was a, he was the phenomenal man who brought hydroxychloroquine during the dark times to save a lot of lives. And uh, we, we loved him and still do. I spoke to his mother today, as a matter of fact, while I was wow. skiing, which was really nice, got a chance to catch up with her. Uh, but for the last eight years, I've been a pretty uh, loud voice in the freedom movement. Now I'm in the medical freedom slash patriot movement on the medical side with the, uh, the foundation. But I've had a show called uh, Steel Truth and most recently launching the Zelenko Report. And I've done investigative journalism. I've done uh, work all over the country, um, down at the border, doing the People's Convoy, a lot of stuff in D.C., a lot of politics, a lot of, uh, you know, deep state stuff, election coverage, you know, just on and on, have a lot of great connections in that space and have had a lot of fun doing it. So, you know, I've just made, met some incredible people. And frankly, every time you go to a Trump rally, it's like going to a massive family reunion. So it's just, it's just been a really great ride for the last eight years, despite what, you know, the dark times have been, 
but there's also a, a still I, a bright light. And I believe it's not a train coming at us. I think we're all going towards the, in the right direction, but we've just got to, we got some cleanups on aisle 44 and 46 right now. And hopefully uh, aisle 47 will come along and take care of that. We'll see. So but, tell me yeah. about this, um, this nationals movement. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people know about this at all. And sure. it's just, but it's gaining steam and you're actually coming to Oregon um, or going to Oregon since I'm not in Oregon, but you're going to Oregon and you can tell them a little bit about that. So it's that where people can, if they're really interested in this, can really get in there and find out. Sure. So just, and I'll say this a couple of times, but uh, Saturday, February 25th, I'll actually be in Springfield, Oregon from noon until 5 p.m. That's Saturday, February 25th in Springfield from noon to 5 p.m. You can learn more about location um, at OregonStateNationals.com. OregonStateNationals.com is where you can learn more about the event and get tickets. But uh, I am an American State National, and I started the process right after January 6th in January of 2021. A friend of mine by the name of Bobby Lawrence reached out to me, and he gave me a three-hour dissertation on the history of our country and where we went wrong. And frankly, I'd heard a lot of bits and pieces of this over the years, but nobody ever put it together like Bobby. I said, wow, this is fascinating. I need to learn more. So I started digging, started doing research, uh, started listening to him. He has a channel on Telegram, Bobby Lawrence underscore 1776, where that is literally a repository of information. But since then, uh, more people have come into the movement and, and you know brought more information together in a collaborative effort. And there's a great website that I refer everybody to, statenationals.us, statenational.us. So that being said, uh, the state national is this. It's, it's, it's the opportunity to correct your status. And everybody who thinks, oh, it's great to be a U.S. citizen, um, it is great to be an American. But frankly, the U.S. citizen side has been a bill of goods we got sold because what we ended up doing was exchanging our God-given rights, which everybody on the planet has, by the way. Uh, we all have God-given rights. So we've exchanged them for government privileges, which come with, with liabilities. And as we now know, we are bankrupt and they're underfunded liabilities. So that being said, how did this happen to us? Well, Rick, back in 1868, after the Civil War, uh, the Union wanted to get the band back together again, and they had some stipulations. Uh, you had to become a U.S. citizen. Well, prior to so, 1868, sorry, you're answering ahead. you're answering my question, right? So yeah, never mind. That's yeah, no. Prior to 1868, we were Americans, and we lived in our, our our colonies, our states, what have you, and we were all Americans. We were electing our public servants that were going to, uh, you know, represent us. But in 1868, after the war, with more debt incurred, remember we had Revolutionary War, we got debt. Then we had the War of 1812, we had more debt. Uh, and of course, 1812 was when the British came back to burn everything down because they wanted to get rid of the evidence of our Constitution and, and our true freedoms that were being defined by our founding fathers, as enumerated by God. Um, in 1868, they, they tricked us. And we had some traitors. And they said, OK, we're going to make you all U.S. citizens. And New Jersey and Ohio said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we're cool being citizens of the state of New Jersey and of the state of Ohio. We don't need to be part of the United States. We're already a union of states and we have our own states. We're decentralized, right? Every state has its own government, its own executive branch, et cetera. Well, they made a lot of threats. And so they finally ratified the 14th, but it was under duress with two states really not wanting to sign. But they were put into a position where if they didn't, they were going to be in a whole boatload of trouble. So they signed. That was duress. So it's really an unconstitutional ratification. That U.S. citizenship stole our state sovereignty. And three years later, Rick, where it gets really interesting, the United States, the 10 square miles, was incorporated into the U.S. D.C. 
And the Bar Association was also stood up in 1871, the same year as USDC. So you see, you always had to have lawyers to get corporations going to create that liability shield. And what we've now learned during the dark times, I'm using your language, is that we have public-private partnerships and for-profit organizations like Big Pharma and the CDC, which is for-profit, the NIH, the FDA. The collaboration of these nice-sounding words of public-private partnerships have been nothing short of demonic. And they've usurped all of our sovereignty and forced people to do things through mandates. And the only way you can mandate anybody is if they're part of a statutory uh, organization. And if you're a U.S. citizen, you are part of that corporation of USDC, which then can they can force mandates. Which you're, you have sub, you know you have basically set aside your constitutional rights as a free man or woman, an American, and exchange them for the privileges of being a citizen so of DC. So the reason people are doing this, then there's is, is it, it's increased since the dark time because people saw what could happen, and before that they didn't know. Yeah, and and frankly, I've been speaking out about it now for the last two years, and uh, myself, David Strait, Bobby Lawrence, and others have really uh, picking up the the megaphone, and we've been talking about it. I've done a ton of radio shows, coast to coast. Um, I talk, I've been talking about it openly during the. As I told people early on, I said, I'm going to look into this. I told my audience on Steel Truth, I had a big audience. I said, I don't know if this is legitimate. I, I'm going to have to do my research. So I was very open and honest with my audience. And as I learned more and more, I explained it. And I brought experts in and I explained more. And uh, when I finally solidified myself as, as correcting my status, no longer a corporate fiction, which in 1907, they uh, you know brought out birth certificates. And then, of course, after that, they layered on Social Security and then, of course, the Federal Reserve and, and on and on. So all these things have layered, had had the layered effect of taking your corporate fictional entity, your all caps name, as reflected by your driver's license, your birth certificate, your passport. And I've taken myself and corrected that. And uh, I've now taken control of that corporate status. And I am now a free woman again with my upper and lowercase name, my birth Christian name. So, so what is the benefit of somebody such as yourself doing that? I mean, well, I hear what you're saying, but what's the benefit for people? It's a great question. I get it all the time. First and foremost, it's the principle. I now know my history very well. I know who is the good guys, who are the bad guys. And I understand how our government works much better than I ever did because school, of course, thanks to another for-profit corporation, never sanctioned by the Constitution called the Department of Education, eliminated mm -hmm. all of that. And it brainwashed our kids with CRT. And now your child wants to be a toaster when he grows up because he doesn't know if he's a boy or a girl. So, you know, I, I now have a full comprehension of who our country is and what freedom really means and how we can defend it. And that, our, you know, it's our duty as, as um, you know, as God-fearing, uh, you know, members of our own state, union, whatever, wherever you live, to defend that. That's our job as, as people who live right here in the beautiful United States of America. The other benefit is you're removing yourself from all the administrative entanglements, the statutory entanglements, driver's licenses for, for one thing, they're not required because I am not driving a commercial vehicle. That's a contract. I'm no longer a corporate fiction contracting with another corporation, the DMV. So I'm a you free don't, woman. You don't have a driver's license yet. Uh, I still do. It's expiring. I haven't, I haven't turned it in, but I don't use it. In fact, I rented a car with my passport. What I did was I took my freedom bundle showing that I had changed my name, taken uh, dominion over all jurists of law, the land, the air, the water, which by the Bible, by the way, Genesis 126, God gives man dominion over the earth, the land, the air, the water, L-A-W. That is your comment. That's your law of the land, the ecclesiastical trust law, law of the air, water is your admiralty law, your statutory administrative law, all of that law of commerce. So I've taken dominion of that. 
and I no longer operate in, as corporate fiction. So corporate fi corporations can only contract with corporations. They can't contract with people. Okay, free men and women. So they've been contracting okay. with your corporate fiction, your all caps name, which is why your bank statements, your driver's license, everything is always addressed in your all caps name. I no longer live through my all caps name. I live through me, the free woman. So and, what, are the, what yeah. are the downsides or the risks, let's say, to doing this for somebody if they're not the, as the, the risks are this. Um, well, first of all, free people don't pay tax, income tax. They pay sales and tariffs. So I've, un I've disentangled myself from the IRS and used their statutory paperwork, the IRS Form 56, to send them notification that I've now, uh, I've, I've now um, corrected my status and I've changed my fiduciary relationship with the IRS such that my, my corporate fiction is now dead and I am now the beneficiary of my corporate fiction. And I expect them to fix the, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the wrong that they did because I was given this corporate fiction unbeknownst to me when I was a baby, fresh out of the oven, so to speak. And my parents got me a birth certificate and a social security number because that was a fraud. They didn't know that they were perpetrating. They thought that's what you're supposed to do because so that's what is, they were told. Is there money attached to that? Well, I mean, the IRS technically, I've it, by the by the form I've sent them, they should refund me all the taxes I paid. But honestly, Rick, I'm not doing it for the money. It's not about that. It's about the principle and about how I operate freely. So now, so, as, a, as the downside you ask is, if I run into a policy enforcer a police officer, a policy enforcer who works for the corporate municipality or the corporate whatever, the state, they may not understand this. So I have to give them an education. If I'm speeding in their, what they would consider breaking their law, I'm not part of their corporation. So uh, their rules do not apply to me. Now, if there's a, if I've killed somebody speeding, that's a totally different story. But if you get pulled over for a speeding ticket, you know, technically when they pull you over with the blue lights flashing, there has to be an emergency when they pull you over. Just because you're speeding doesn't constitute an emergency. They're breaking the law. They're, they're breaking their own statutes. That's a fine, actually. And you can cite, you can point that out and let them know that they're breaking their own statutes. So the fact of the matter is, I don't operate in their in their statutory confines anymore. Um, sheriffs have become a lot more aware of this. Uh, That's I've yeah. talked with you and they, they understand it. Yes, they do because they are, you know, elected by the people. Police officers aren't elected, right? They're hired by the, by the uh, mayor or, or the council or however the municipality organizes themselves. They're corporate employees. And therein, therein lies the problem. We have a corporation running our entire country down to the municipal level. You have incorporated and unincorporated counties, towns, but all states have become incorporated. They are subcorporations of the corporation of the United States. And this is why you go back and you look, 1933, they bankrupted the corporation and they bankrupted the corporation several times since then. Uh, we're bankrupt again. So this is this is why, you know, Barack Obama, they go, well, how did somebody who wasn't even America, a U.S. citizen get elected? Well, Rick, you can elect uh somebody from Nigeria to be the president of an American company that, you know, you can place a, a foreign person into a president of an American company. It doesn't matter. So and that's what's happened. You know, you have the, the, the presidency of the United States is the presidency of a corporation. The Republic of the United States still exists. All of those elected uh, seats that are wide open exist. They have just been replaced with people that are working for corporations like up in Congress and Capitol Hill. Those are all corporate employees. They work for the corporation of the United States. So how do you keep this, and please don't take offense to this, but how do you keep this from sounding like um, a bunch of right-wing nut jobs trying to get, you, you know what I mean? It's okay, 
I, I'm happy you asked that question because I get it. I, that's a great question. First of all, this book right here, Fruit from the Poisonous Tree, I highly recommend everybody get this book. You want a real history lesson on what happened to our country? It's right here. It's by Melvin Stamper. He's a JD, Juris, uh, you know, doctorate. He's a lawyer, essentially, lawsayer. This book is a Bible when it comes to what happened to our country, the history. And it's cited with case law up and down all over the place. I have it. I mean, it is, you can see yeah. my book is completely well, see, like a book. And that's if I hadn't, okay. If I hadn't heard so much about this from people who I know are level-headed people and mm -hmm. really like investigative, you know, smart people, um, I probably would be afraid to do this show. I, I have to admit, I, I'm a little nervous about putting this on Facebook just because of what they've already done. Um, and that's some of the freedom we have lost in this country, isn't it? Oh my goodness. It, it really is. I mean, yeah, I've been deplatformed. It scares the hell out of me because I can't, I, I can't believe, you know, I'm on the aftermath of this, but it's like, I can't believe what we've given up. Well, we and that's just it. it. It Rick, if you go back and look at history, we've been giving things up for over 150 right. years. I mean, we were never, we, we fought a war over tax for tea. We were never supposed to be, you know, we were never supposed to have a 16th Amendment. That was pat, that was ratified unconstitutionally. So was the Federal Reserve Act, for that matter. It's not even a federal entity. It's not, it's a private bank and there's no reserves. They're bankrupt. They just print money out of thin air. We Mortgages are completely illegitimate. A mortgage is a dead instrument. You're paying your mortgage with a Federal Reserve note, which is another debt instrument. That's a fraud. That's financial fraud. You can't pay a debt with a debt. This is, and they, when you take a mortgage out, they just literally boop and they put a line on them in, a, in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet, create money and call it an asset, but it's a loan to you. They just make it out of thin air. It's caught. I mean, that's a constant, it's a constant manipulation and it's all done through the private bankers, the international banking cabal, which runs this world. And, you know, they call themselves the World Economic Forum and they have the UN and the WHO. But if you look at all the different ways they've usurped our sovereignty, the WHO right now through their international health regulations is getting ready to pass amendments this spring in Davos that um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Wanda something or other. I have her. I, I just I just her communications back and forth representing the United States of America and the WHO. I want to know exactly what she's giving up our, our country, our sovereignty over. Um, because they're basically setting us up. But if, if they don't like the sound of a sneeze you have over in uh, Oregon or in Montana, uh, they're going to go, well, we can't identify that. We're going to send the blue helmets in and come help you sort your problems. They've, we've surrendered our sovereignty. And so I am so, uh, as a daughter of the American Revolution, I am absolutely, it's genetic and, it genetically programmed in me to stand up and fight for the freedom of this country that God gave us. I mean, let's face it, that he created the second covenant nation. They referred to the creator four times in our founding father's papers. There's no reason why we shouldn't be standing. Why does everybody want to come here? But they're coming here under false premises. They don't understand that our country has already been stolen. So we need to take it back. And we need to and stand it back up. I got a question from a viewer. How do you reconcile being able to use taxpayer-funded resources like roads, schools, and whatnot when you don't contribute? Aren't you just a legal alien then? Uh, that's a great question. I am um, considered a foreign national by okay. the definition of the United States. Um, I have paid in a ton of taxes over the years. So right now, I don't have any reservations because I haven't gotten anything back. I've paid into the system. So... To that, I say, you know, but here, you know, again, with everything, when you go to transition, you can't just go from a system of universal health care to 
private overnight. It's just, you have to transition. So there is through everything. When you, when we came to this country and we established this country and we fought for our independence, we went through pain. Now we're fighting for our independence again. It isn't going to be easy. I never said it was. What's the hardest part, like to get the message across because it's, it's, um, counterculture to what we're used to is one thing I think, programmed. but two, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not easy to comprehend. I mean, you can rattle it off because you've st- your, your head's been in that book, but for other people listening, it's kind of like, that's probably why you have a five hour course in Springfield. <laughs> it takes five hours to at least get people to understand, but is it, is it people's, um, you know, you know, we don't, we don't live in a culture that likes, uh, conflict very much i've learned that over the dark time (laughs) you know and so so you're creating or i won't put that on you i'm sorry a a conflict is has been created in your words to right a wrong and then that's going to but 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 getting people getting Uh, people to want to do the right thing how do you do that and it's well okay so let me let me ask you this i i and i don't know if you're pro the ukraine war or not or or pro any war that this country is engaged in but taxpayer money was sent was spent on fighting wars and a lot of people didn't agree with them and it goes back for for decades right right so we didn't ever get a say in that that's a wrong and, I, and, and if, frankly, when our, if you read the Constitution, I encourage everybody, if you really want to be an American and you want to understand and, and, you, and you want to be a free, a free people, then you better pick up your little pamphlet of your Constitution, which really isn't a big read. It's 30 pages. It's not a lot here, folks. And read it and understand what the federal government is supposed to be doing for you. And then ask yourself, well, really, what are they doing and how much of my money is going to pay that? I mean, how much of your year are you working to pay for things that you don't even get the benefit of? We right. need to start asking those questions and go, I don't want to pay for that. I mean, look at the education system in this country. I mean, my goodness, the further west you go, the worse it is, right, with the, with the CRT. If you want your kid to have all the CRT, then why should I pay for it? I don't believe in it. Why should my public schools fund that? Go to a, a school that funds it. Why is the government involved in education in the first place? Well, they shouldn't look, have a say. Aren't you seeing this with the, um, um, oh God, with the, um, it was right on my tongue and then I lost it, um, with the school choice. You're seeing yeah. that states for the first time ever are starting to bring in school choice where it's like, well, wait a minute. And I totally agree with that. It's my tax dollars. How come I can't send my kid to the school that I want to and I'm paying, you know, this amount of money to, to a school, like if, if I had my kid in a private school, I'm spending money over here that I'd have no choice on. And then I have to take money out of my own pocket to educate my own kid. Right. I, I just think that's a wrong system. I did that for years. It about broke my, my back doing it. I, you know, I, I literally lived paycheck to paycheck just so I could do that because I didn't want my kids going to public school. And I paid out the nose for private school while I paid out the nose for property taxes. My choice to live where I live, the property taxes were stupid. But hey, I like living in South Florida, so I was willing to, you know, sacrifice the uh, money for the sunshine. That being said, we all have choices. But again, the government wasn't giving you any, so school choice is a step in the right direction. Um, but again, if you weren't paying ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars a year in property taxes, what could you do for a private school if you had that extra money? Right. You would have more choice, right? You wouldn't have to go to a publicly funded school choice. You might go to a different one. And guess what? More private schools would actually pop up 
if we weren't all paying so much money in tax. So again, uh, you know, one of the things that our founding fathers really valued when they came to this country was the fact that they could finally own land under their feet. They were no longer living in the feudalistic system of King George III, who owned everything in the UK and they just leased the land and had to give up sheep or whatever it was to pay their bills to, to the king. They came here, they were given land grants. Today, you have fee simple Pat, you know, land patent. You don't even have a land patent. You have, you know, your 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 land is titled to you fee simple. It's not even a full granted patent where you actually really own the land. So as a state national, when I go to buy my next piece of property, we sold one a year and a half ago, and we're looking now, watching the market go up and come back down, and so we're sort of timing it right now. But when I go to buy, I'm going to go back and do the research on the true land patent and go right back to the grantor of the land. And I'm going to get that land patent. And why? Because I do not want to pay property tax for stuff that I don't use, specifically schools anymore. That was how our country was initially set up. Now we've gone right back to feudalism because guess what, Rick? You pay off your mortgage. Yay. I, I don't owe anything in my house. Oops. I didn't pay my $15,000 tax bill. Lost my house to the government. That's not freedom. That is feudalism. And that's exactly what we left the UK for 250 years ago. So again, people need to understand the history. They need to understand why people came here, what was important about this country that made it so great, the great American experiment, and why we need to fight for today. We don't need to have all this government bureaucracy overlaid on top of us. Sheriffs are elected by the people. They can deputize as many people as they want. They can do a far better job taking care of their local communities than these policy enforcers who are basically paid to babysit and run around and, oh, by the way, get your quota of speeding tickets. It's nonsense what's going on. And I'm not trying to be disparaging to all law enforcement. I don't mean that. But there is a difference between those who are elected to serve the people and those who are hired to, you know, enforce the laws that somebody else makes that has nothing to do with, you know, showing a victim. A speeding ticket does not mean somebody got killed. It means you broke what somebody else thinks you shouldn't be doing. Now let's, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so as a former reporter, I have to, I mean, and this is what's so weird. I am so hesitant on questions because of the media gods. And that is, that is a scary place to live. You know, when you're sitting here thinking, but my question that I really want to ask you is, who doesn't want me? I think this is how you always find out good information. Who doesn't want me to know this? <laughs> the federal government, the corporate federal government. They don't want anybody to know this. Can I tell you that for uh, right after, I guess it was May of 21, I was in I was in D.C. for three weeks during the J6 dark time from J3 to J20. In fact, it was a snowy day on J20. I was right outside the Capitol with big flakes coming down. I did a Facebook Live despite the fact that it was a sunshiny day when um, Jiden was inaugurated. But anyway, I, I call him Jiden because my good friend Ivan Raiklin refers to uh, Joe Biden as Jiden. If you can figure out why, then I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that's self-explanatory at this point. In fact, there's a state of confusion going to be broadcast here shortly. I think in another half an hour, I call it the state of confusion. It's not the state of the union. But anyway, um, uh, you know, I... Uh, I had a uh, letter from the Department of Homeland Security that was mailed to me in May of 21, where they told me that they had run my name as a TSA member. I had pre TSA pre-check and clear for, for years since the beginning of, of, its, of its first coming onto service. They said they val validated my name against four databases, including uh, national security and intelligence databases, and said I no longer posed a low enough security risk to warrant a TSA pre-check. So what did that mean for me, Rick? It meant from... Uh, then until uh, May of 21 until, and I fly four planes a week, 
until um, just uh, November of last year, I was getting stopped. I had a quad S, four S's on my boarding pass. I could no longer get my ticket on my cell phone the night before. I had to go to the ticket counter three hours early, get wait for them to call DHS, go through this rigmarole, an hour at the ticket counter, get my ticket printed, escorted to TSA, separate line, all my stuff sorted, full invasive pat down, go to the gate, more TSA agents, full invasive pat down, change planes, another gate, more TSA, full invasive pat down. Miss planes, miss speaking engagements, miss events, all this kind of nonsense for 18 months. Well, it took six months from the time I got my state national uh, you know, correction done to uh, have it cycle through and promulgate through all the uh, United States government systems. And uh, literally on six months to the day for their last FU to me, they pulled me off a plane on my way to speak at an event. And made me miss and made me, you know, wait three hours. But when they finally reissued me new tickets, the quad S was gone. And the reason being is because I was now fully in their system, registered and, and recognized as a state national and outside their jurisdiction. And they couldn't uh, do this to me anymore. So, wow. yeah. So the, that kind of harassment because of the mouth I have and the show and the reach, they didn't want me talking about this, but they can't stop it because they lawfully have to recognize it. So tell people when again, you're going to be in Springfield and um, Julie, if you're still out there, Julie Nowaki, she's out there. She's on here. Uh, Julie, if you could put in the comment section or something, what the location is for people, that would be really helpful. But Dan, go ahead. Tell us kind of when it is. Sure. So it is Saturday, February 25th, coming up in just a couple of weeks, uh, 12 o'clock to five o'clock in Springfield, Oregon. And Julie Nowaki has been amazing. And in fact, a good friend of ours, Christy Hutcherson, is doing the rebuttal on the State of the Union tonight. She's doing the rebuttal to President Jiden, the um, CCP's ambassador squatting in the White House. She's rebutting him on the whole uh, border situation. She's an expert on the border. She runs an organization called Women Fighting for America. She's a very, very dear friend of mine. Love her to pieces. So please, everybody, if you're going to watch the State of Confusion, wait until the rebuttals. Christy Hutcherson is going to be uh, speaking. I'm super proud of her. And Julie is a very good friend that works with her at, at Women Fighting for America. But um, OregonStateNationals.com, OregonStateNationalsPlural.com, or you can um, do an email at inf for information to Tazer, T-A-Z-Z, -E E R one two two four T A Z Z E R Tazer twelve twenty four at yahoo.com for tickets. So okay, it's last, February twenty fifth. Uh, oh, location is not disclosed until after the tickets are purchased. Julie just wrote on here. Yeah, it's in Springfield, Oregon. I can okay, say that. And much. last thing I'm going to ask you: Why do you do what you do? I don't think I can help it. It's in my DNA. I, I, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, if I see a pink elephant in the room and nobody else is going to call it out, I'm not, I'm your girl. So I just, I can't help it. I see, I, I feel like people need to understand where they're being misled. And if I'm wrong, I'm the first person to call myself wrong and say, Hey, I screwed that up. But I, I just love what I, I love what I do because I love people and I love freedom. And I don't like to see people being led down the primrose path and lied to. And we have been lied to about so much and all the information coming out about what our department of defense has done in terms of conspiring with, uh, you know, big pharma and other agencies during the dark times is beyond disgusting. And I, I just can't stomach it. I know too many people who've been negatively impacted and that's what the mission of the Zelenko freedom foundation is. We are trying to help people who've had negative impacts from, from, you know, this thing that's gone here. 
So, so the, but the cost to you personally, is there a cost? Oh yeah. There's been a cost. I've had death threats and, you know, all kinds of crazy articles written about me and that's okay. I don't even care. I actually look at I, whatever I, it, in the beginning, it was like, Whoa, what, what's wrong with these people? They didn't, you know, I got called out. I was calling things out long time ago and I've had a lot of people, big fish come after me. I don't care. You know, that why do they come after you? If they think you're crazy, they just go, oh, she's crazy. But no, they actually come after you. They kicked me off LinkedIn, kicked me off YouTube, kicked me off Twitter, put me in Facebook jail 90 days. I, why? If I'm crazy, why do that? Just let me be crazy in the corner. It's because you're well, telling the truth. I always have heard that the truth sets you free. But yeah. a lot of people don't want freedom. No, the Silicon Valley speech that. cartel does not want. They'll put you in jail. <laughs> go listen to some Aaron Lewis. There you go. Oh my gosh. I just followed him on uh, Twitter today, I think, as a matter of fact. I'm going to see him uh, this uh, spring in Idaho Falls. Oh my God. Am I the only one? Have you heard that song? Yeah. Oh, I, that is my baby right there. There you go. (laughs) Speaks to you. So, I mean, I suppose I can ask the same question of you, Rick. Why do you do what you do? You know, because I, I believe that everybody has a voice and they should be able to use it, even if I disagree with them. But, But the thing for me, Anne, is don't tell me I can't say something. Right. It's like, you can't, you can't do that. You know, it's like, and, and I'm pro-choice. I get a choice. I get my choice. It's my body, my choice. It was okay for everybody to have my body, my choice when it came to the Roe versus Wade, everything. But then when it comes to my body, my choice about a vaccine, um, for some reason I'm belittled and, and pushed um, in a hole when I make a decision that's right for me as a cancer survivor who doesn't want to put shit in his body because I don't know what caused this in the first place. So I'm not going to put something else in there that I don't know about, but that's not a good enough reason for some people. And so for me, it was, that's always the reason I was a reporter is just because I thought there were so many silenced people. Yeah. And, 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 and really the other thing for me is I hate when people feel like, like, um, like they can't say something like they're just, they're wrapped up. And it's like, if I say this, and so I get so many comments from people going, thank you for saying that. Cause we can't. And that's uh, why I ask you about the cost because there's a huge cost. It's like, you know, there's days I love what I get to do, but there's days I just want to hide yeah. because um, the world is so, you know, just, just insane, you know? So um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on here and taking your time. I know you're always, you know, you've got lots of stuff going on and you're on vacation. It's sort of a working vacation, but you took a little time for us to to do this. Oh, and- I was looking forward to it. I'm, and I'm so happy Julie's here with us today. That's awesome. I, I can't see the comments because I'm not on, I'm not on that screen. And, and since your Facebook is whatever it is well, at the moment. Yeah, we don't know. But <laughs> Okay. So here's my Julie story. So Go. when Julie was 10 years old, I lived in a, my first home that I owned in a part of Eugene and Julie and her family moved in next door across the street. And she was my kid's first little babysitter, well, not first, but she was like their best longest babysitter. She, oh, she wow. was 10 and Julie would come over to our house and then we could go to the grocery store and get away, you know, just those little things like that. Oh yeah, for sure. And, she, and Julie was, they loved her. So she's oh. been a part of my life for Oh God, a long time. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, she was excited for me to do this with you and I'm so threat. I'm so thrilled that she was able to put it together. And it really is. It's, you know, this is an exciting time. It, it, it is dark in some aspects, but it's also very exciting because people are starting, you know, people just know that this, we've gone from our life was, we were good. We were good. Yeah. We had weird politics and people hated this guy or that guy, but all of a sudden it just went, everybody went ooh, straight down and people are like, wait a minute. And we still have more, we still have some more major bumps coming. I mean, 
my good friend Michael Yan talks about pandemic, famines, and war, and we, we've got all those ingredients in the mix right now, and we're going to start to see some bumpy times. But again, you know, our government, all this money we're spending, Rick, it isn't stopping it. In fact, it's hastening it. They're the ones creating it. So at what point do you say, I don't want to fund this anymore? I'm not, I'm not part of that. I'm not part of those. You know, it's like you ever worked for a company where they just had really bad company politics or policies or whatever. And you're like, I can't work for them anymore. That's yeah. basically it. Right. Listen, I can't they, be a party to that. I'm going to be an they, American over here and support our American idealism the way it was intended to be. And I'm not going to be a party to that anymore. And nor will I contribute to it. Right. And Vandersteel, thank you so much again for being here and talking to us. And Always. I will uh, close out and let you go do your thing. Thank you, Rick. Have a great you're, night. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Again, you guys, isn't it nice just to have other voices to hear? And hopefully the social media gods will leave this alone and not get all antsy on us. And, uh, but you know what? Um, I can't control them. And, but I'm, I, it, it, here's the thing for me right now, honestly, um, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I, fe I feel like, um, I don't know. I just think that I need to be even bolder than I am right now. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, um, I, I'm, I'm going to show you something here for just a second. Um, I got a couple of ad things I want to put in here just to get some stuff going on here. So, um, but I'll do that in a second. But earlier this week or last week, Tim, uh, Schley, who works with me, um, he sat down and asked a couple questions and we put together this little quick video. So I just want you to see this. We'll expose you. This is a new movement right now. It is. We're just finding more ways to divide the country. Right. We're finding, we're going to tell, we're going to divide, we're going to now start a new thing to divide the country, hairless and haired. I have several Rick Dancer products. <laughs> I use them for free stuff. I got a bunch of hair care products. <laughs> How many tattoos do you have and when did you get your first one? I'm going to say between 12 and 16. And unfortunately, our country's kind of lost that whole value. It's like truth is the most important thing, I think, and, and right now. I think it's a commodity that we crave, that people just crave right now, and we can't find it. Everybody's right. lying to us. The media's lying to us. The politicians are lying to us. The, the product designers are lying to us. Uh, Bezos is lying to us. Zuckerberg's lying to us. I mean, they're all lying to us. And so what do you do in that kind of a case? You know, I mean, I think we all just need to start speaking out and, and saying what we believe to be true. And this national thing may not be for everybody out there, but if you don't know about it, see, if, if, if you let entities shut down people like Anne and not be able to talk about these things, what if that is for you or for someone you know? And what if that's the beginning of something different for folks? But we live now in a culture that wants to shut everybody up and here's the company line. And if you don't buy it, then um, you're a bad person. Well, guess what? We're not bad people because I, I grew up in a home where my dad would always tell me there's no such thing as a dumb question. And our culture right now is afraid of questions. So we need to be asking more. We need to be figuring this stuff out. And I liked what Ann said. Go get the concept. You know, instead of sitting here and arguing on Facebook, go read the damn Constitution. Find out what it really says. And then go live your life according to that. And go, go check out this class that they're going to do. Just to find out what it is. If you, Instead of poo-pooing everything, maybe we need to dig in a little bit deeper. So um, anyway, tomorrow night, 
Uh, who do I have on tomorrow? We have a really controversial week. I, if I'm on the air by the end of the week, it will be a miracle. <laughs> and I didn't plan it this way. Like maybe that's why God allowed Facebook to shut me down a little bit. And maybe I'll just put these on our other channels and see what they do. But tomorrow night, I've got PDX Real, which is Portland Real, a new website. And there's a, a woman, she's a gangbuster. And she's out there taking videos and trying to get Portland to start thinking like a city, that a beautiful city like it used to be and trying to straighten it out. And then I had a guy for a call from a guy named Greg Schumacher, and he's coming on with a group called RestoreLawAndOrder.com. And they're also in Portland trying to restore law and order in Oregon. So we got a little theme here <laughs> and we'll see how much trouble we get into, but hopefully we won't. One last thing I want to show you, Dr. Bratlin one of our biggest sponsors and a big freedom seeking kind of guy. Um, talked to his hygienist the other day. This is like a little commercial, but this is really valuable because it changed. The, I know this sounds stupid after what we've been talking about, but it really did change the way I brush my teeth. I am not kidding. Okay. Now just bear, just watch. Okay. Don't laugh at me. Just watch. And joining me now is Liz Maxson. She's a dental hygienist for Dr. Bratlin at Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. What are the three top issues you see um, that people could, that we could easily stop doing um, that would help with our dental hygiene? Most of the time we brush too quickly. So I would say not brushing long enough, but brushing too fast is probably the number one issue I see because when we brush too fast, we don't really have enough time. The brush doesn't have enough time to get in there and clean all of those surfaces really well. I, I like to tell patients that it should almost be kind of relaxing. It's almost like a meditative thing. You know, we should really be slowing down, taking our time, starting on one side and very slowly working our way to the other side. So we'll have two and three coming up later, but, but now seriously, so how many of you, the last thing you do is you walk out the door, you're brushing your teeth as you're getting your keys together and all this stuff. And that's what she's saying is wrong. So I have started kind of, I know this is weird, but I'm almost like it's a little bit of a God time, you know? Okay, God. So what should I do today? And what do you want me to say? And who do you want me to talk to? And this morning it was, you know, I'll just be really honest with you. This morning it was like, God, what am I going to do? How do I do my job and my life if um, I keep getting bombarded um, by the entities in which I am sharing my stuff with? And what, what do you want me to do? So, but then I really do have this trust thing. And I just said, okay, you know what? You, you, you brought me here. You and I came here together. And so you will find a path for me. There's this great Dan Fogelberg song. That's like one of my favorite songs called The Netherlands. And there's this one point where it comes in and he talks in the song about two roads. One road was simple acceptance of life. The other road offered sweet peace. And in the vision, my dream became my release. Well, I was never made to take that easy path. Um, I was always meant to find the road to peace. And so you can't do that alone. And you've got to be, I, I got to be hanging on to the hymn of my father as I'm walking through this thing called life to do it. So he will get us through this. What you guys could do to help me is share this on your pages. I mean, just really stupid, but yeah, that's what you could do. Share it on your pages because Facebook's throttling us back. They want to punish me for 27 days. And so I'm going to come out of those 27 days with a big F you.
That's my plan. All right. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow night, maybe, <laughs> if we're still here. And we'll see you on Thursday. We're going to get Oregon straightened out. And I won't say what that's going to say because they'll th think that I was threatening someone. <laughs> you, you just can't say anything anymore. Have a great night. It was nice being with you. And Anne, thank you so much. You inspired me. I feel, I feel like that was a God moment. So that was good. All right. And Julie, thanks for setting that up. You're still my best babysitter. All right. See you guys later. Have a good night.